Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, uh, very quickly, just before we go to Jay Woodcroft, uh, we're talking about toughest guys of all time. Bob, don't forget Terry O'Reilly. However, pound for pound, Fergie, honorable mentions to Dave Semenko, Dave Brown, Larry Robinson, Rob Blake, Marty McSorley, Jeff Bukaboom, Cam Neely, Adam Foote, uh, Ty Domi, Wendell Clark, Jim Poplinski, Rob Raines, and Eno Charm. I would personally, for the texter, I would not have Rob Blake and uh, Adam Foote in that. Adam Foote, to me, is a lot like Jason Smith, and Jason Smith was a better fighter than Adam Foote. And this, because we're talking about two different things. Obviously, we're talking about uh, the variant and how it's changed things. Connor Hellebuck yesterday. Bob, please read this statement. I think it's what we're all thinking with 90% of the cases being asymptomatic. This from Connor Hellebuck, who is American, by the way, uh, will be, well, I don't think we're going to have an Olympics, but if we did, he'd be at the top of the list for the U.S. cultivating situation. This is Connor Hellebuck's comment yesterday after the game. I think our fans need to be able to come to the games and need a team to cheer around to bring the community back together and bring people's spirits up, he said. It's something I look forward to because of all of these shutdowns, and I know me, said Connor Hellebuck, personally, all of these shutdowns are just hard on families mentally and not being able to live your life the way you want to live. It's tough on people. When this league is starting to go back to those ways, I just don't see if they're really thinking about how it's affecting people. That one comes to us from uh, a texter on Connor Hellebuck. All right, difficult times to say the least. A bit of a surprise the other night as the Bakersfield Condors wrapped up. Raphael Lavoie went into a game against, uh, was it San Diego? I think it was San Diego on Friday night, and he had three assists in 18 games. Then he ended up with two goals, uh, three assists, and went plus five. Obviously, uh, Jay Woodcroft performed a, a uh, uh, magnificent amount of work, but he'll never take care of it. Jay Woodcroft is today's headliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky. Just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today, and we welcome back to the uh, show on uh, the AHL Christmas break right now for Jay Woodcroft, Bakersfield head coach. Hey, Jay, how you doing? 
I'm doing good, Bob. Thanks for having me on today. Well, thank you. Difficult time, a lot of frustration out there in the province of Alberta and in oil country, a lot of exasperation, uh, some nervousness about where we're headed. It's uh, it's challenging to say the least. And, um, you know, the players get tested every day. By the way, what are the, what are the testing? Because uh, there's no way the American Hockey League can afford to have their players tested every day, is there? Once there's an outbreak, or are they tested every well, day once there's an outbreak? So, we have a set schedule, so usually it's about three times a week uh, okay. in the league. And our uh, our trainer down here, his name's Chad Brown, <laughs> does a very good job. Does a very good job um, organizing everything and whatnot. And um, you know, we make sure that we're trying to stay as safe as possible. When we had a little bit of an outbreak in in late November, early December, we started a test every day and um yeah, so we've been we've been trying to follow that schedule as we've been going as best we can. It's tough when you're on the road um to be able to do that, but we've uh we've done a good job and recently we've been able to keep people um, pretty safe uh, by doing so. So, uh, you know, fingers crossed as we move forward here. And that's uh, fingers crossed. And again, the Oilers announcing today that uh, they're... Uh, Jay, if you need to take a break, we can deselect oh, you. Oh, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I just had a my, uh, something in my throat there for a second. All right. Uh, there we go. Uh, all right. Uh, hey, Raphael Lavoie, what the heck happened the other night? Well, uh, it was a unique day. So uh, we were in San Diego. Obviously, we had a long travel day the day before from uh, Stockton, where we played a very good game as well. Uh, and then we come into the Friday, and uh, in the morning time, um, we had one of our players get called up in Cooper Marodi. And then uh, heading into the game time, um, Seth Griffith was called up as well. So we were in a situation where we dressed 10, 10 forwards and eight defensemen. We dressed a, where we moved one of those defensemen up to play on the wing. And uh, we, needed, we needed a little bit of a, offense uh from some guys that uh um you know not necessarily put up big numbers uh throughout the first part of the year and uh that line of lavois uh Brasseau and malone did a very very good job i thought they set the tone for us not just on the offensive side of things but playing the game the right way and the puck went in uh the puck went in and we're excited for Ralph. Uh, we knew it was a matter of time um, before one would go in for him. We felt that once one did go in, that it, it would open the floodgates for him. So very happy for him uh, personally, and we're going to continue to work with him on a day-by-day basis to establish standards in his game, to establish habits in his game, and try and continue to breed uh, that offensive confidence. Now, Cooper Marodi had not played an NHL game uh, since November of 2018, just after your friend Todd McClellan was relieved of his duties. Uh, and Seth Griffith have not played in the NHL since, I think, March of 2018, so the season before when he was with Buffalo. Jay, i got to say it, specific to Seth Griffith, to me, he looked better than some of the guys that have been on the team uh, for the like, he was quick on pucks. He was involved in the the third goal for Edmonton. He knocked a guy off the puck. But he, I mean, he's played seventy games in the NHL. At one time, a lot of people thought this guy was a pretty decent prospect. He's sort of been slotted as an AHL player. Does he bring that quickness on a nightly basis at the AHL level? Well, 
I think for Seth, uh, he brings at the American Hockey League level, he is money in the bank when it comes to putting up numbers. Uh, so he provides a level of offense to our team. Uh, and we're a team that needs it because we have a lot of blue collar, straightforward, um, you know, finish our check type of, of players, especially up front. And for Seth, he represents a skill element to our team. Um, you go throughout his career, he's had you know, he was in Boston's organization, Toronto's organization, uh, a little bit in Florida's organization, Buffalo's organization, Winnipeg's organization. And he has played games here or there. I think um, when Seth came to the Edmonton Oilers organization, he impressed last year in training camp. He had a really good training camp um, in January when uh, they started up. He came down. It took him a while to get used to the way we wanted to play the game uh, in Bakersfield. Probably about the halfway mark, he really hit stride and was a real factor into our playoff run. Um, this year, he's basically a point-of-game player at our level. A lot of those came on the power play early, but his five-on-five game has come around. He is a quick uh, player. Um, I think what I, when I watched that game on the Saturday night against Seattle, I, what I really liked was on the first goal for Bouchard's first goal, you saw Seth commit to playing on the inside. He, he tried to get to the middle of the rink on the release. Yeah. I think it... it and, you know, even Marodi, who moved that puck to Bouchard, you know, they were working into spots in the offensive zone. Those are things that we talk about down here. And uh, to see one go in for them in that first period was positive. And then I was like you, and I'm watching that second period, and I see uh, Seth go in, finish a check, win a battle, and, and be, you know, the catalyst on that Sevier goal. I was so proud and so happy for him. Um, I think he can play in the NHL. I think, uh, you know, what he does with his opportunity is up to him. I thought he showed well and and uh, gave a good impression um, for the people up in Edmonton in, in that game. Do you ever play him on left wing? Uh, not so much. We, okay. we typically play him on the right side. And okay. one of the things that we've learned about uh, Seth uh, over time is that he has a little bit of uh, natural chemistry with a, one of our bigger players down here, a big body in Adam Cracknell. Hmm. And kind of Seth is uh, the skill element of that line. Cracknell is the the size. And we typically put a younger player with them so that they can help shepherd that young player around the rink. But on the other side of it, that young player provides a little bit of oomph or energy or first on the forecheck type um, skill uh, to that line. And, and we've had success over the year and a half that Seth has been with us. And um, like I said, he's a real smart guy. Uh, he has skill, so when he gets an opportunity, he can he can finish even at that level. And, um, you know, he's someone that for sure I think – gave a good account of himself and uh, maybe opened a, li- a few eyes in terms of the depth options for the organization. Yeah, I mean, uh, the way I'm looking at this right now, uh, Jay Woodcroft joining us, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. I mean, you got Paul Yarvey, uh, Yamamoto, Cassian, and now Colton Sevier. And Sevier's been the best of Edmonton's, in my opinion, uh, the consistently best of their sort of fourth-line guys. So four right shots. And then you've got uh, Hyman, Nugent Hopkins, and Fogel, uh, the three left uh, 
you know, wingers, albeit Hyman's a right shot. So there's sort of, you know, we, there's been a rotating spot for the fourth line left wing between Tyler Benson as well as Brendan Perlini, who I think showed okay certainly in the first game back, was a little quieter the other night against Seattle. And I, I liked what I saw to Griffith. I just wonder if he can play left wing. Speaking of guys going up and down, uh, Philip Broberg. You know what? He, he got in eight games here at a tough plus minus. Uh, I broke a bunch of those goals down. I You know, he just unlucky in some situations. Um, the whole key is for him to play huge minutes for you. How was his attitude when he was sent back down, and how did he play for you here over the last couple of games? Uh, his attitude was great. Uh, he's no no worries or issues with Philip. He, uh, he comes to the rink with a smile every day and, and a want to be coached and a willingness to put the work in in order to improve. So uh, no worries with, with Philip. I think uh, his NHL experience um, so far has been a good one. Obviously, those first five games, um, you know, he really le- left an impression and made his mark. I think one of the games he led the the team in ice time in that game, and then out of necessity, he got he had to play a little bit on the right side, which is which is good experience for him too, and and kind of uh, diversifies his his skill set and um, provided the team with a little bit of versatility. So that, that was a great experience. I think uh, when he came back down to us, things that we're talking about with him are um, managing his shifts, his shifts quality. Uh, how how can you get uh, more out of 40 seconds rather than extending your shift into the 55, 60-second range and end up, um, gassed or tired uh, to finish out plays. Those are things that we're working uh, with him on. I think um, you know he was a factory scored his first professional goal in North America the other night in San Diego, and uh, he's got to be excited about that. But he's a young man that has a real bright future ahead of him. And uh, like I said, he's a f- fun guy to coach because he comes to the rink every day with with a great attitude. How is Dmitry Samarukov doing? I mean, he broke his jaw uh, right at the start of the two rookie games against the Flames and then he sees you know Marcus Niemelainen who's currently on IR for Edmonton along with uh, you know Broberg and Lagesson all get opportunities sometimes that rubs players off the wrong way how's he handling things well well, the one thing about all the injuries up in Edmonton is that it has forced us to rely on Dimitri more as those players have gone up to, uh, to the highest level because now we're introducing players from the East Coast League to our back end and whatnot. So we're asking Dimitri to do more. And I think he's played uh, pretty well. Um, you know, uh, it's never fun waiting in the bullpen or waiting for your turn, but that is a factor uh, in professional sports. Sometimes you have to be comfortable in that situation and worry about or control what you can control. And, and for us, uh, I thought Dimitri played a good game the other night in San Diego. He was simple with the puck. He moved pucks forward. Uh, he was a, did a really good job on our penalty kill, which has been excellent of late. And, uh, I think those are positive steps for Dimitri. Uh, Ilya Konovalov put up some real good numbers in the KHL, but people will say every goaltender puts up numbers in the KHL because it's a lower-scoring league. I know there were some challenges earlier in the league, in the season for him. It looks like he settled down in between the pipes. Is that a fair assessment? I think uh, his last few games have been excellent. You know what? 
it's an adjustment and we can't forget that these guys are young men and when you're asking somebody to come into a situation that is completely foreign forget the hockey just just uh, coming to a different part of the world, not speaking the language, not understanding the culture, not understanding the intricacies that go along with just being part of a North American team. Those are all things that he has had to adjust to. And it took him a little while to get up and running. I, I think it would be fair to say that um, the script didn't go according to plan for Ilya in the in the first two months of his season. We sat down uh, a few weeks ago, him and I and Sylvain Rodrigue, and we talked things out. Uh, we were very pointed and clear with where we wanted to see things go. And what I've learned about Ilya in the last little while is his his character to respond, to respond to getting challenged. And, um, you know, he, he kind of went in. We had that tough circumstance where we didn't practice for five days and uh, we had to go to Colorado and play two games in Colorado. And uh, we put him in in a third period in the first game. Then in the next game, he went in and, and did a heck of a job. And he's kind of just taken the net over in the last three games or so. And he's done a heck of a job. He's giving us a chance to win. But what I'm most impressed with with Ilya is how he responded to getting challenged. And, and you know, I'm proud of him and, and the games that he's put down here. Jay, uh, I know your team is now on a break. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. You know what? At the, when our schedule was made um, at the start of the year, there was this big break at Christmas time, and uh, it was the subject of much debate and much conversation amongst the coaching staff on, uh, in terms of how we were going to handle it. Uh, in terms of bringing the players in to talk about it. And uh, it was great because our leadership group set the tone for how we were going to use these days to set us up for success post-Christmas. And one of the things the leadership wanted to do was to make sure we kept practicing. So we've been able to practice here, even though we've been off, we've been able to practice and we just picked different parts of our game. We're still going to give our players a healthy break come Christmas time. Uh, but, you know, we've we've trying to use this time as best we can, and wouldn't you know it, uh, this happened to be the time where COVID is kind of ravaging other other parts. So, it, you know, we're fortunate that we get to go to the rink every day and and ply our trade. And like I said, we're we're being diligent about picking little pieces of our game to try and improve so that we can really take a step after Christmas. Jay, I just want to say, look, we love having you on the show. I'm I'm going to guess that uh, this uh, segment it's so popular it's going to be. Uh, sponsored here shortly. Thank you for appearing on Orders Now. Next Monday, we do not have a live show, but we'll find a way to do something uh, next week at some state. So, uh, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. I would just like to say to you, Bob, and to everybody in, in uh, Edmonton and all the Oiler, Oilers fans around, uh, wanted to wish everybody a happy holidays, best wishes, and Merry Christmas uh, from our organization down here in Bakersfield. And everybody stay safe and have a great holiday season. There you go. That is, thank you very much, Jay. That is Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. 151 in Edmonton. Um- With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Memorable day in this day in Oilers history? Well, it was for a WHL tough guy with the LA Kings. This is Oilers Now. Oh, yeah. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 153 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 plus years. For a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations, 17 overall in the province of Alberta. Now, uh, with Royal Pizzas in Red Deer and Calgary, you can visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. Brendan Escott is a fan of the Texan. Though no longer a fan of the Houston Texans. Did they beat uh, Jacksonville yesterday? I think they did, didn't they? Doesn't everybody beat Jacksonville? I heard that Jacksonville is now basically on the clock because Detroit beat Arizona so badly. So, yeah, I think they must have beaten the Texans. They both got two wins. Does, does Detroit have a tie? Is that what happened? Detroit? Actually, yeah. Like, was it? Didn't Detroit have a bunch of really, you know who's had a bunch of close games? The Ravens. Twice now they've lost because they went for two-point converts and didn't execute, right? Did, did Tyler Huntley go nuts yesterday in place of your boy, Lamar Jackson? Yeah, well, I, they, I mean, not quite as dynamic in his ability to run, but he made a lot of plays, and Green Bay's got a good team. That's They they took away, uh, you know, part of the passing attack. from Green Bay can pound the rock. Do you, given the injuries that the Ravens have had this year, they've had, and I'm not the biggest, Ra- I like Lamar. But I'm not the biggest Ravens fan. They are a well-run. Well, they got they got the second most playoff wins over the last 20 years. Obviously, the Patriots are number one, and then who, by the way, had a tough day at the office. Patriots. Uh, college football ramping up here over the next week as well. All right, let's get to it. This day in Oilers history, presented by New West Travel. Looking for a great Oilers road trip. It is in April. We'll have some. We'll, we'll have the situation with uh, Omicron figured out by then, I would think. Uh, you can fly nonstop to Nashville, Nashville with Flair Airlines to watch the Oilers play for only seventeen hundred and fifty bucks. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. I remember this game. Go for it. It, it was a punch-up of sorts in 1985, a fight-filled night at Northlands Coliseum. Yari Curry put up four goals, and Wayne Gretzky had six assists. The Oilers beating the Los Angeles Kings 9-4, to but 130 PIMS handed out as Edmonton uh, registered its 24th win in the first 34 games. Brendan, if you go to Hockey Reference, did you look up the game on Hockey Reference? Yes, that's where I got it. Okay, did, you, did Al Tour get in two fights that night? Did he fight McSorley and, for some reason i thought he fought marty mcsorley and kevin mcclellan in that game he was just up al tour is not a big dude like he was like eh, maybe six foot one uh i still think they had larry playfair back then too larry, by the way we mentioned tough guys there are a lot of guys that'll tell you larry playfair in the from about 1981 until about 1985 86 was one of the toughest guys in the nhl like he was scary tough 
Uh, I remember Don Sherry freaking out one night. They had a incident at the end of the period at the Maple Leafs, and like somebody's got to tie up that play fair. He can hurt guys. Did you find the game back in '85? Yeah, I did. Okay, so this is what threw me off in the first place. Uh, it was Jeff Brubaker, but they gave Tour only a roughing minor on that same play. So uh, they gave Brubaker a fighting major, and um, then Tour. A, a so Brubaker was minor. with the Oilers then. Yeah, because he fought Semenko when he was with. He fought uh, Semenko in training camp three times, and then he got moved. I think the Leafs claimed him back on waivers or something. And then Sammy went in and fought McGill and Brubaker in T.O. Uh, when he went to the Maple Leafs. So Tour did not have a fight in that game. Yeah, he had, uh, well, what I assume was something rambling, resembling a fight there. And then later on, he did fight Marty McSorley. Yeah. And I'm looking here, is Dave Hunter ejected for a attempt to, attempt to injure as well? Oh, somebody <laughs> probably deserved it if Hunts did that. All right, uh, there you go. Uh, that's old school. It'll be a 25-game suspension today. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Again, we've got the road trip to Nashville. It's in April. You can see the Oilers play uh, the Preds and fly nonstop with Flair Airlines. Call New West Travel visit newestravel.com. Reid Wilkins has Inside Sports Night from 6 to 8 p.m. Fluid show. What do we got? Fluid show, yeah. Well, stay tuned. Might have an announcement again with the uh, Edmonton Elks over the next 24 hours. Would not surprise me. Chris Jones, 20 years in the CFL. He's never been fired. The guy can coach. Some people have debated his ability to manage, and the Elks might be in a position where they need to have a guy be a GM head coach. Tomorrow, Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the horses and horse race in Alberta. Alberta's uh, top fillies and Colts go head-to-head uh, with the Philly Pace and Western Canadian Pacing Derby, it'll take place New Year's Eve at Century Mile, 6.15 post time. Up next, global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob. Well, it's not Rob Brake. Is it Rob? Is he doing double duties today? Because he was on 9 to 12. Maybe he'll be on 2 to 3. Uh, anyways, uh, Edmonton show coming up, 6.30 Chet Afternoons, Jalen Nye today from 3 to 6. Thank you to all of you who participated in the Interactive Elements Stir Show. So long, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.